quality of your mind is the single biggest factor in the quality of the experience that you have. And I think that's quite obvious, isn't it? Yeah. So here we are, desperately running around like headless chicken in our lives, trying to make the quality of our life or the quality of the experience we have as enriching as we can without stopping to ask, well, hold on, what if I was to put some of that time and energy into improving the quality of my mind? So now, on the left, I've listed the 10 paramis. Now, these are not discrete mental states. When we talk about paramis, these are... um, Qualities of our character, if you like. So the Buddha identifies ten qualities that when they are strong, our progress on the path out of suffering is... He talks about four types of people who were... Once we decide that we are tired of our suffering and arising in us a strong commitment to work towards reducing it and ending it rather than just being sort of at the mercy of our suffering with no idea about how we're creating suffering for ourselves. Once we decide to try to end our suffering, there are those who progress swiftly and painfully, those who progress swiftly and painlessly, which of course would be nice, (laughs) those who progress slowly and painfully, and those who progress quickly and painfully. Now, What will determine whether it is slow or fast is the quality of our mind. What will determine whether it is painful or painless will be the accumulation of karma that we have got to work through along the way. So these paramis are the wholesome supports to our mind He talks about it in terms of once these ten paramis have come to perfection in us, very swiftly we attain to the cessation of suffering, even to the point where there are some beings can realize that at the point of hearing the Dhamma. So the first of these paramis is generosity. Now why is generosity the first parami, you might say? Why would that be the first one? Well, the reason generosity is the first parami is that Even when your mind is of very poor quality, you don't know what is the correct way to behave. You don't know how to do things that are of benefit or you don't have the opportunity to make merit in other ways. You can always make merit through doing things, acts of generosity. You may not have anything to give, but you can give of yourself in some way that someone else benefits. So what the Buddha is saying is that even if we are in a... He said, so the question is, what do you do when you're in a frightful state, when there's nothing going for you? When it looks like you're in a world of misery and there's no way out. And he said, well, even if you don't understand what virtue is, you can still start the process of accumulating supporting merit through acts of generosity. So generosity is the first parami. The second is virtue. Now virtue is the basic, well, is is the understanding of what is um, appropriate behavior. Understanding of what is morally and ethically um, uh, appropriate behavior. Basically, what is right and what is wrong. Now that's a judgmental 
that sounds judgmental. So, but what we mean is we understand what is harmful and we shy away from it. We understand what is beneficial and we incline towards it. Virtue is the, is the um, it's inclining our mind to things that are not harmful. So I'm going to talk in a minute about the five precepts, which are the basic guidelines for conduct in the daily life for someone who is working to try to ease their suffering and bring themselves out of suffering and practice the path. So, um, but the bottom, you, you know, to take our virtue to the highest level is that point where we overcome our fearlessness of wrongdoing and we overcome our lack of moral shame and there is a total unwillingness to harm ourselves or others, i.e. ahimsa, harmlessness. So virtue is the second parameter. And, and, and that is, you know, we can see when you look out at the world, there are those who shy away from anything that would be harmful to another and there's others who don't care who 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 would harm tremendously others in the pursuit of what and that's what we mean by virtue the third parami is honesty honesty and truthfulness now of course when we look at the par- at the at the precepts one of the precepts is to not lie but in here, with regards to our path out of suffering, this honesty is self-honesty. A willing to not uh, pretend to ourselves that we've done what we need to do, for example. So a willingness to, without judgment, to look into our predicament and say, this is what I need to do to end my suffering. Yeah? Right. So, the, obviously, Honesty is of importance to us in many ways, but with regards to how we work ourselves out on the path, if you are not honest with yourself, then you might just want to look in and say, oh, you know what, I think I'm all right. I've done what I need to do. Maybe I'm enlightened, for example. Only sometime down the line to find yourself in a terrible trouble going, "Mm, okay, the Dharma didn't seem to work for me. When it wasn't, you just weren't honest enough about the work that had to be done. So the fourth parami is, what, is renunciation. Now that doesn't mean you've got to shave your head and head to the forest and become a monk. What it means is that having recognized something is not for my well-being, I am willing to renounce it or to give it up. Yeah? So I don't continue to uphold behavior that I have already seen to be detrimental to my well-being. I don't continue to pursue things that I have recognized are not for my well-being. This is what we mean by renunciation. So the willingness to simplify my life in stages through the letting go of the things that are harmful to me or not beneficial. Patience. Okay, we know what patience is. That is a willingness to keep trying um, even when we might get frustrated or we might feel to give up. I'm going to keep going because I know this is going to take a long time. This isn't going to instantly work for me. The really important things in life don't just suddenly come just because I want them. Mm -hmm. Determination is I'm not going to give up until I get to the place that I need to get to. Yeah. Now, energy as a parami is vitality. Yeah. So all of these 
well, I'll come back to this, where they come from. But uh, yeah, it takes tremendous energy to raise your game when you are challenged, to overcome the obstacles that, that, that confront you, to not fall into sloth and torpor, yeah? to see what you need to do and do it. You know, how many of us see in our lives what we feel we should do and then go, whatever? Yeah? Or just fall short because we don't have the energy to actually get there. So the, looking after and guarding our energy is a very important factor. Loving kindness, well, obviously, you know, our, our wanting ourselves to be happy. Lo- love is the longing for the happiness of another. So when we say may all beings be happy, what we're doing, we're longing for another person to be happy. And may I be happy is the longing for our own happiness. And of course, you know, in the same way that all of these paramis, you know, some people are extremely generous and others aren't generous in the slightest. Our capacity to experience and feel love for others um, it varies tremendously, and it's something that we can cultivate, like we can cultivate and develop all of these qualities. Wisdom is our ability to perceive what might be the truth when it's put in front of us, rather than, so, again, it's not intellect. It's insight, That what we're talking about here, insight, our ability to see into so that if somebody speaks to you a teaching, you have the capacity to see whether that could be true or not. When you perceive something within you, you can perceive your capacity to, to see what it is that is happening. To look into the nature of your experience, to look into the nature of things and to see the truth in it. To unravel the sort of layers of confusion. Because it is ignorance, remember, that is the beginning of the chain of dependent origination that brings us into this cycle of suffering. Not understanding is what brings us into these states that cause suffering. So the deeper is our insight into the nature of our predicament, the less ignorance there is, the less prone we are to come to what we call wrong view that would prompt such conduct that would bring us, or views, or ideas, or thought processes, or, or behavior that bring ourselves and others to suffering. And that's the extraordinary thing about the Dharma, in a way that it's a functional process. It's not a volitional process. It's like, as you see, the seeing cuts off at the root your suffering. You don't choose to suddenly become less angry, less greedy, whatever, the more you see into life, the more it cuts off, that seeing cuts off. It's a function of seeing. And I think, in a way, that's one of the most life-affirming things at all. of all. Here we are, sort of, so prone to come to a conclusion that there's something fundamentally flawed in life. But actually what's fundamentally flawed is our the way that we perceive it. You know, everyone that comes to the state of seeing behind the appearance of things to what's actually going on emerges from that experience free from suffering. 
and free of conflict about life itself. You never see somebody coming back from the mountaintop after their awakening and go, oh, guys, it's a total nightmare. I said, you know, you don't. You never see it. Everybody who breaks through the veil of ignorance and sees what's going on here comes back and testifies to the fact that this is absolutely awesome. What you're involved in is the most... Although it's full of misery, what it is is extraordinary. Yeah? And the seeing it is what cuts us off, cuts off at the root are suffering. So this is why insight, developing our capacity to see and to let go our clinging to ideas until we've seen. You know, everything that I've told you this week, you know, I'm not asking you to take any of that home with you. I'm asking you to sit on the cushion and keep looking. I'm only giving you some steerage and I'm sort of framing it in such a way that you might start to look in the right direction. But it's as you see into it that you will put together your experiential understanding of what's going on. This is what we call Bhavanamaya Panya. This is the wisdom that you've come to see for yourselves. And the point is that everybody who comes to see in the seeing, frees themselves for suffering. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing. So work at the quality of your mind. Polish the lens that you're looking through. Take through all this distorting um, prejudices and fixations and views that you're stuck with and ideas of yourself that you can't get over and look nakedly at it. And the looking nakedly at it will free you from suffering. That's awesome. And the tenth parami is equanimity, which is our ability to be completely with the experience. And when we reach a stage of equanimity, we understand that everything is our teacher. Everything. Every challenge we've ever been through has the capacity to profoundly teach us and nudge us further along the path out of suffering. If we don't have sufficient insight or equanimity or forbearance, then every challenge becomes a little more of our undoing. And there is a profound difference between a challenge being something that launches you into a higher state of being and understanding and consciousness and a challenge being something that undoes you and brings you into misery. And that is determined by your capacity to be with that experience and to see into it. And that's your equanimity and your insight. So we are, all we're doing really here is gradually polishing the lens that we look through until it becomes less distorting. That's it. So, you know, just sit and grind it out on that cushion every step of the way. Every time you go through your body and you sit patiently with what's going on, and some of the reactivity in you goes away and you get a little bit more concentrated, you start to pierce and penetrate a little more deeply into that experience. And all the Buddha is asking us to do is to keep looking into the experience that we're already having. There's not one point at which he posits that we sit down and reflect upon some philosophical principle and come to a position. He's just saying, look, Keep looking at what has been going on in front of you since you took your first breath. And in the looking and in the seeing, you'll free yourself.
Awesome. Okay, so these are the paramis. These are, this is the refinement of character through the building of these basic qualities within us. And we can see, you know, this self-honesty. We look at ourselves and we go, you know, if I'm honest, I'm not that patient. I lack a little bit of determination. I'm pretty sharp and savvy. My energy's all right. Hmm. I don't know if I'm as generous as I could be. You have a look. No judgment. There is no judgment. As I, you remember the story about Angelimala and the Buddha? The Buddha acknowledged Angelimala. I would have been you if I'd have gone through that that way. There is no judgment. Never judge yourself. You know, I don't know how many of you are Christian, but it doesn't matter. But even if you just look at the story of Jesus, and Jesus got betrayed by everybody that he, he, he cared about, all his best mates turned on him. He got persecuted, he got hung up on a cross, he got tortured. And he looked out there and he started going, what on earth is going on? And he says to God, you've forsaken me. I can understand that. We can understand that. But at the last moment when he saw what was going on, he realized that these people were just confused. They don't know what they're doing. And in that moment, he was able to forgive everybody. He forgave even his best mates who betrayed him. Now, you might sit there judging yourself and judging others for the things that you do and the things that others have done. But I can tell you one thing, my friends. No being that sees the state of things has any judgment for anyone. If Jesus hasn't got the hump with his best mates, you can bet your bottom dollar he hasn't got the hump with you. But the point is, you're not judged. This idea that we aren't good enough we're suffering, guys, and it's painful. And that suffering create, causes us to do all kinds of crazy stuff. There is no judgment. It's just confusion. If you can't see that it's... You know, when Jesus didn't see it was confusion, he started judging his mates. He even judged God. Why have you forsaken me? But when he saw that it was only ignorance that prompted people to do the terrible things they do... There was nothing but forgiveness and love. So please don't judge yourselves. If you're carrying things inside you that you feel, how could I possibly do that? Why am I like that? Find a bit of love for yourself. Start by forgiving yourself. And having forgiven yourself, make a strong determination to not do it again. But don't judge yourself. Because regret and remorse wither your soul. We've all done things that we regret in the past. We all have. Every single one of us, even the Buddha would have done, Jesus would have done, everyone. No one was born a saint. You know, we worked our stuff out. We work it out gradually. So, no judgment. Honesty, self-honesty, a willing to non-judgmentally have a look and go, oh, yeah, this is what needs to be done by me. And then step upon that path and get on and do it. And these ten paramis are what will carry you along that path.